Um, so we are in a series called Hunger, and, um, and last week we had a message, by the way, my name is Shafin as well if you don't know me, and my wife and I have the privilege of leading this phenomenal family, this church, this crazy bunch of people who are just giving it a crack <laughs> to, to run after God and bring as many people along with us as possible. And so we're in this series called Hunger, and a couple of weeks ago I spoke about how um, we have spiritual hunger and physical hunger. Sometimes we can kind of cover up our spiritual hunger with physical food, but it only works for a certain amount of time. And it's only spiritual food that can satisfy spiritual hunger. We try to convince ourselves other diets will work, but only spiritual food can. And so what we talked about is when you want to eat healthy, like physically healthy, what have you got to do? You've got to walk down the right aisles. You've got to avoid lane six or aisle six at Woolies, at least where I'm from. Um, all of a sudden, all kinds of stuff ends up in your trolley. It's like, I don't know how it got in there, but you take it home and put it in your pantry. Um, and so if, if you want to live healthy spiritually, you've got to put the right spiritual food in your trolley. And you've got to walk down the right aisles. There's certain aisles in your life that you need to avoid because you find junk in there sometimes. You're like, oh, what did that happen again? It's like, you walk down aisle six. So um, sometimes we need to avoid certain aisle sixes in our lives. And so um, because the truth is you are what you eat. I mean, literally. There's a, Bible in, there's a verse in Psalm 115 verse 8. And it says, those, this is in the context of people who make idols out of wood and stone and clay and things like that. Those who make them, these idols to worship, like, gee, they can do a lot for you, can't they? Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. You know what, the, you, you can kind of inverse this around to say, you become like that which you worship. You become, and it's true for me. Let me tell you, um, over the course of this year, since December last year, since we've done this whole merger of a church thing, where now we're Oceans Perth and Oceans Albany, my routine has gone out of the window and therefore my, eat, my healthy eating habits has and I've literally started to become a burger. Um, I've, put on about, <laughs> I've put on about 10 kilos, I reckon, over that time. So I'm literally becoming that which I worship, um, that which I give my attention to. Um, and, and it's the truth. And so when, when we're talking about hunger, really what we want to do is point our hunger in the right direction and hunger after God. Because we've been created in His image. If you want to become more like God, hunger after Him. If you want to become more like burgers, hunger after those things. Um, and so this is the encouragement. And what I want to talk about now is that the life we inherit or the life that we're living right now, the life that you're living and that I'm living right now is because of the choices that we've made in the past. And so what I want to talk about tonight is if you're hungering for a certain future is to start to make decisions now that will have an impact in your future. So the title of the message really is to is choose your future. Choose your future. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I just believe that right now tonight, God, that you're here by no accident, but God wants to empower you to literally to choose your future. And so why don't you join me as I pray. Lord God, I thank you so much that you love every single person in this place you love every single person watching and listening online, God. And I thank you for the truth that you have good things, Lord God, for our future, Lord God. But I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to us, Lord God, that you would empower us, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and do something miraculous and profound, Lord God, that only you can do in this moment, God. Those that have been searching, Lord God, those that have been hungering, Lord God, that those that have been waiting for, for something to come in and shift something in their life, I just declare, Lord, a shift to happen 
in this place, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. So, I want to start with a story about our backyard, our grass. Now, some of you would have heard this, right? And I've, I've, I've actually spoken about a few of these things before. But let me tell you, part of the reason why, I'll give you a secret. A part of the reason why pastors preach certain things, because really they're preaching to themselves. It's like for me, a part of the motivation for starting this hunger series is like, God, I'm not hungering after you enough. I'm hungering after the burgers. I'm hungering after the Netflix TV series. I'm hungering, hung, hungering after all these other things that are good, but don't satisfy. And I found myself actually filling up with these things, but remaining unsatisfied. And I'm like, man, I need, I need to like arm wrestle myself back into hungering after things that are going to truly satisfy. So that's why I'm kind of repeating a few things. But um, a few years ago, Jess and I moved into Mount Hawthorne. And we moved into a house. This time we moved from Melbourne where we lived in a three-story apartment building. We had no backyard, no grass. It was nice and easy. We just had to contend with the pigeons that were pooing all over our balcony. Pigeons are a problem in Melbourne. Who would have thought? So we had to put up full-on netting, like hardcore netting, fishnet from um, Bunnings to get the pigeons out. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to deal with that. It is disgusting. Literally getting the spatula out. Oh, my goodness. Um, so anyway, moved, we moved into this house that had a backyard that our kids complained. Thank you, Lord. Um, but we, what we noticed is that we moved into a rental and this backyard was a sandpit full of weeds. And so this is a backyard we inherited because of the choices of a lazy, good, I mean, because of a particular other tenants that probably rented the house before us. And so we inherited, not because of our choice, but because of the choices that other people have made, we inherited this sandy weed junkyard of a backyard. And so we had a choice. All right, either we're going to deal with it or we're just going to live with the leads, with the weeds, with the leads. And you know what? The, the truth is that also there was fig trees. So also the good thing is there's weeds everywhere, but there was also these fig trees around. And so when granddad would come up, he would get, get the grandkids and they would go fig hunting and they'd pull, pull down the, uh, the figs and they'd eat them and they'd delight. So we both had weeds and we had figs in a backyard because of the choices that other people have made. Now, this is the same with our life. Um, we have inherited, if you like, a backyard or the place of our life right now is due to the accumulative decisions, some choices that other people have made, some because of the choices that we've made and we end up with figs and weeds in our life. But do you know what the good thing is? Is that we have all each been empowered by God not to be victim to the seeds that other people have sown or not even to remain a victim or under the control of the choices that you've made, but we are empowered by God to sow the kinds of seeds in our life right now that will enable us to inherit the future that we want. And so what happened? I had a choice. Instead of living the weeds, I saw it as an opportunity to prepare for the next season. And so I'm going to tell you a story about the grass soon. But first I want to share a verse from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. And this is what it says. It says, don't be misled. Like, like don't just convince yourself otherwise. Don't trick yourself. Don't conv- like, face the, the truth is, you can't mock the justice of God. You always harvest what you plant. But I, but I want oranges. Well, you planted apple seeds. <laughs> but I want this. Well, do you know what? The truth is, you harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature 
will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. You know what? For me, when I feed myself on Netflix TV series about serial killers, and I know, I know, don't judge me right now, but, um, <laughs> but literally something like just draws me to it. Don't worry, I'm not going to turn out to be a, oh, we thought we knew all the whole time. Um, <laughs> so, we, we suspected so. Um, but but you're feeding yourself with this stuff. You're entertaining yourself. But afterwards, do you really feel built up? You actually feel slightly like, yeah. You just, you just, it's just not, you're just not feeling it. It's just not good. You're inheriting decay and death. It's quite dramatic from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And I love this verse. So it says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Don't get distracted, taking off course. Think, but this time if I sow apple seeds, I'll get oranges. Well, this time I will. Maybe this time. It's like, no, you won't. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't change. You're no special case and neither am I. Let's not get tired of doing what is good because it's just at the right time, not our timing, unfortunately, tragically. <laughs> God, I think I know better. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And so I don't know where your life is right now. I know there's probably some great figs in there. Um, I'm not really a fan of figs, personally, but let's just pretend that figs are good in this scenario. Who likes figs? Put up your hand. Yeah. Oh, surprising a number of you. Okay. Just judging you. Oh. <laughs> we, we can't control. You know what? You might have figs in your yard. You might have weeds in your yard. But right now, you've got a choice. I'm, I'm going to get a bit passionate, just stamp on this thing. But you, you, you and I uh, have the same opportunity to begin to sow to our future. And so I want to give us three keys for you to inherit the future that I believe that you want and that I believe that God has for you. Maybe not everything you want, but what is the best for your life. Three keys to do that. And so step one is to pull out the weeds. Everyone say, pull out the weeds. Everyone say, pull out the weeds. Who got paid to weed the lawn as a kid? I remember the Coles bag, $2 per Coles bag. Did anyone get better rates than those? I'm just going to go back to my parents and protest if you got better rates than me. $2 for a bag full of weeds. Now look at that. Like, That's a lot of weeds in there. Um, and so we'll be out there with our fork, weeding, doing the tedious work of weeding the weeds. And this is what we had to do with the soil in our backyard. We had to get all the weeds out. So first of all, before putting the grass seeds in, you've, you've got to put down a layer of soil. But before that, you, oh man, it was tedious. I spent hours. I mean, you've got to get the big weeds. They're easy to spot. But then what about the tiny, all those tiny weeds that are going to grow up to big weeds one day? You feel like, I'm sorry, poor little weed, but you know, you're a little baby, but I'm going to pluck you out now before you grow too big. That's a little tip. Get the weeds while they're small. The little things in the heart, Right. Don't pull it out of the taproot and you disturb the, t- the soil too much. But, um, but what, what I also realized is that there were, there were some weeds that I saw that actually I thought looked quite beautiful. They had purple flowers on them. I'm like, oh, it looks like a native. I better not pull it out. Otherwise, the conservatory, the, the, the land gate or whatever they're called will be after me. I'm like, oh, should I touch that one? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, actually, I don't want flowers where my lawn is. But I realized it was a weed disguised as something beautiful. 
And so this beautiful weed looked all innocent on the surface, but under the ground is like murdering the grass, strangling the grass underground, all innocent and beautiful. It looks good. It's disguised itself as a lovely garden variety plant as a native, but no, don't be deceived. I had to pull that weed out because it was going to choke and destroy my new lawn. And you know what? Sometimes there's some things in your life and in my life that look beautiful. They don't look like weeds. In fact, you get used to them and you think, oh, no, that's okay. That belongs there. You can get used to certain things in your life that you think are normal. You compromise, you compromise here or there. That thing's unhealthy. That thing's not good for you. But you begin to learn to live with it and think, ah, it looks beautiful. I'm just going to leave it there, not knowing that it's actually sucking the life out of you. And some weeds, I believe tonight, have been here for too long. You've been okay with them because you've gotten accustomed to them. And some of these flowers that are actually weeds can be things like worry and ambition, worry in our life. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 22, he talked about different types of seed. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. Woohoo, this is amazing. I've come to church. I'm getting connected. I'm belonging. It's awesome. I'm experiencing God. And as I'm starting to get connected and um, I've asked God's forgiveness and I'm being filled with the spirit of God, but all too quickly, the message or the, the fruit or the goodness of what God has for you is all too quickly crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. We can all think, oh, but it's okay because I've, oh, I'm too worried. I've got too much going on and we get used to it. It's okay. Oh, it's going to pull me out of community. It's going to pull me out of church, away from God. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm too important to do that. I'm too important to do that, to do those things. The plebs that need it, they can go. Um, and the lure of wealth, yeah, I know, but I need that job. Yeah, I know, but I need that shift. Yeah, I know, but I'm spending time with God because I'm too, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and you begin to, and it's a slow drift away from the source of life that is actually good for you. Um, other, and other, other weeds in our lives can be distractions, um, things like I was talking about, TV shows, books, Facebook, news. The limit test is if it's not good, then it's not God. If it's not, if, if it's not good for you, then avoid it. It's a weed. It might be, and this is going to be a little bit harsh, right? So please pray forgive me. <laughs> Bring it. Is, is, is some weeds can be people even. People in our friendships or relationships that look great, but actually suck the life out of you and lure you away from God, from being connected, from coming to church and spending time. Oh, you don't need that. Church. Yeah. You don't need a Christian to go to church. Well, of course you don't. But boy. As Christians, it is so good to come together to encourage one another on, spur one another on in the journey. Other weeds can be people. You know, this whole God thing, don't get so serious about God. Just have God, add Jesus and stir into your life. It's okay. You don't need to get so militant, so passionate. Other weeds, some weeds can be people. It's not that the person's bad. It's just you're, you're too lured in by that. And it's another kind of aisle that sometimes we need to avoid or weed out that weed that looks good in our life for certain seasons. Some people do, some people don't. Um, it could be people. It could be lies that you're believing about yourself, that you're not lovable is a weed to get it out. But the truth is God loved you before you were even born, that you're worthless. But the truth is you're not worthless. You're worth the Lord God of heaven and earth laying down his life and dying and giving his life as a sacrificial a sacrifice for you. He loves you. so You are worthy of God dying for you. 
that is where your worth is. You might think you're forgotten. The truth is the Bible says that God's thoughts towards you are more than the number of the grains of the sand and the seashore are God's thoughts towards you. You're not forgotten. You might be overlooked by people. You are unforgivable. Oh, I've crossed the line. No, it's not true. God says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if you confess your sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. These, these lies and these weeds can grow up and suck the life out of us. Lies about God, that he doesn't care about you. He so does. That he's angry at you. He's no longer angry at you because he's poured out his anger on Jesus so that you and I can be free. That we don't have to be, have God as angry at us. He loves us so much. A lie is that you can never go know God. But let me tell you, you can know God through Jesus. He's made a way for you. These, all these things can be different kinds of weeds in our life. And so I want to encourage us also that sometimes we need to pull out the weeds by the root. Have you ever just taken the shortcut where you're like, you're weeding the lawn and you just want to fill the coals bag and look good. So you're like, ah, I didn't get the root. It's so annoying, isn't it? You just you try to get the stubs of your fingers around that. Give and dig around it. You say, get it stuff or leave it. But what we need to do is get the weeds out by the root. And sometimes we're content with just a half-hearted attempt at getting rid of some weeds in our life that suck the life out of us. For me, a personal story was um, years ago, there was this particular girl that I was really fond of. We're hanging out, we're dating off and on. It's that messy, complicated yeah, sort of relationship happening. And, um, and, and I was really kind of in a desperate, lonely place. And it was, it was at the bottom of the pit, really, that I had a fresh encounter with God. A fresh encounter with God where I was like, God, you are all I need. My identity doesn't have to be wrapped up in what this girl thinks of me. As great as she is, really... My, my value would, would soar or plummet depending on her response or feeling toward me at any stage. But what I, what I needed to do is say, God, I'll just come to you. And, and I remember myself just weeping in the presence of God at the front of a church one night, just going, God, I came back to God. And let me tell you, I was filled with God. I was filled with spiritual food that could sustain me throughout the time. And I, I didn't need her anymore. It's like before I was like a vacuum cleaner, like... Just like make me, just put that to, you know, connect that to her and just make me feel good. Just withdraw all the so-called nutrients from her. But she could never fill me up. But then I connected to God and he filled me up. I didn't need her. And then you know what? he swung around and she was like, so um, she saw how free I was and how, um, and how whole I was. And there's something about that that attracted her to me. And she's like, so you know how you're talking about the whole like thing yeah well <laughs> hello and I was like sorry you're a weed and I need to pull you out by the root <laughs> not quite <laughs> but I was like yeah oh so good thank you it was awesome but I, I literally actually had to get the meat cleaver I mean the um I, I, I literally <laughs> you're like he's a serial killer <laughs> I literally had to cut this off, and not harshly, gently. Cool, thanks, awesome, thanks, friendship. But um, Jesus is my boy girlfriend. Um, not really, but but he he's it. And 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 so I had to for a season just go. Now I'm, I'm going to pull this weed out. She's not a weed. She's great, image of God, beautiful, precious. But for me, it was something that I, I allowed to come and suck the life out of me. Sometimes you know what? Well, you need you need to pull out the weeds by the roots. Everyone say. Pull it out by the root. 
Turn to the person next to you and say, pull it out by the root. <laughs> I'm like, what way do I go? Who do I go first? Awkward. All right, first one, first key is to pull out the weeds. And I believe the Holy Spirit is showing you right now even what weeds you just need to go home and you need to pull out. Just pull them out. They're not flowers. Don't put them in a pot. Put them in the bin. Amen. Key two is this. Once you pulled out the weeds, then you need to plant the seeds. Isn't this just so amazing and profound? (laughs) It's pretty logical, isn't it? Everyone say, plant the seeds. You need to plant the seeds. So what I did is I wanted a beautiful, lovely, green, luscious, kaiku, lawn seed, blend, grass. I looked at the picture at Bunnings on the front of that pack and I thought, I want grass like that. I don't want sandy lawn. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to plant these seeds. And so what I did is I got a whole lot of seeds and just I watered it first. We put the soil down and, and I planted those seeds. I was like, yes. And I put another thin layer on top. I, I, was, I felt so satisfied. And you know that black, beautiful peat soil that you've got and it's nice and wet. And the, ah, yeah, it felt good to plant those seeds. And I was hopeful. But then I read on the back of the, on the, back of that packet, I'm going to plant some seeds tonight. Um, and then I read on the back of the ta- packet, it's like, Water every day for 10 days. I'm like, oh, okay. All right then. And so let me tell you, I started to water. I started to water. I started to water and water. And I'll be out there for 45, 50, 60 minutes watering the square, that square, that third, that third, making puddles. And, and I spent ages. Asked Jess out there. She got home. Where are, where's that? Oh, he's out on the lawn just watering his beautiful lawn. And so I do it day after day after day after day. Day four came. And I'm like, okay, little babies, come on, where are you? They're like, man, is this even working? They're like, oh, gee, all right. What did the, back, what did the packets say again? Oh, ten, 10 days, surely not. Anyway, day six, I'm out there watering, watering, watering. Day seven, I get out there in the morning. And I just, I'm like, is there anything happening down there? I'm not literally getting my finger, like, digging into the soil. Like, they, what, what's happening with these seeds? And then day eight, nothing, nine happening. And finally, thank you, God, finally on day 10, after watering, or the next morning, I came out and I had a look. And I, and, and I was like, am I, am I seeing right? I got down and I looked close and my black, the black backyard was full of millions of beautiful green little luminescent fingers poking out from the ground. I was like, yes, it worked. I was like, yes. And I was hugged and kissed my babies and, and I kept on watering those. I kept on watering it. You know what? The truth is that sometimes this in between stage is the hardest time. You pulled out the weeds, you planted the seeds, you've like, you, you said no to certain things in your life that looked like flowers that weren't, you've counted the costs, maybe you had to let go of a few relationships, maybe you made a few choices, you're planting seeds, you're sowing, you're planting, you're sacrificing, you've gotten rid of the, the weeds with flowers, but now this is where the devil's voice is the loudest. In your life, it's not going to work. 
It's not going to work. You look at you. You, you. It's better you're just stuck with the weeds that have flowers on them. Better than nothing at all. It's not going to work. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You're not spiritual enough. It's not going to work. You may as well just give up and go home and stop watering and stop sowing and stop planting those teams. You spend so much time preparing your soil. You put out the weeds at great sacrifice to yourself and your pleasures, and now you've got nothing to show for it. And the devil says the front of the packet is a liar. You've been sold a liar. And the enemy can do this to you. Well, you've been sowing, and the enemy's going, see, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Maybe like you're started on your relationship with God or exploring now or you've been serving at church or, or you, you've, you've taken each step of faith, but now you're starting to doubt it. You're going, I planted the seeds, I've been watering, and nothing's happening. I'm on day seven, and nothing's happening. You might be at day three, seven, or ten. I don't know what kind of grass you're going for, but maybe different kinds of grass have different watering periods. I don't know, but God's got something different. You can't compare yourself to the next backyard. Um, it's a hoax. Maybe I've lived a life of generosity, of giving, of tithing, but I've lost my job. I've tithed, I've given, but I've lost my job. That's it. From now on, yes, I'm not giving to the church. The church just wants your money. I've been kind and forgiving. I've been the kind one in the friendship. I've been the forgiving one. I've been the one that reaches out first. I've been the one that listens. I've been the one forgiving. That's it. Too much. Not anymore. Closing shop. I'm going to get mean and bitter about it. Just going to cut you out of my... I'm done with them. I've stepped out in faith to make myself available for God. Myself available to God. And it seems like I'm going nowhere. That's it. I'm pursuing my agenda. I've given my life to follow Jesus. But now, that's it. I've done that. Tried that. Stuff it. Now, I'm pursuing what I want. It's time to do what I want. I've been praying for answers. But there's nothing. So... I'm going to stop praying. I've been praying. I've been putting the seeds in. I've been watering. I've taken out the weeds. And I'm praying for grass, but I see no grass. Stuff it. I'm, I'm done with praying. I've gone to church and tried to find my place, but I don't, haven't found it, so I'm going to stop. Spent time with God and the Bible in prayer, but I feel nothing. That's it. My Bible's in the bin or on the shelf. I'm not praying anymore. I've said no to other opportunities, maybe. I've Given up relationships with great guys or great girls, great prospects. They didn't share my faith, my conviction, my direction. I've given up that. But you know what? No grass has appeared on the scene yet. No guys have appeared on the scene. So that's it. I'm going next door to their grass. I'm going to go and looking for someone else and carve out my own answer. And we conclude, again, it's better to have a life with flowers that belong to weeds than a life with no flowers at all. And you know what? This gap time is a time where our faith is tested. Well, we're tested. Are you going to believe what the box says? Or are you just going to come up with your own, oh, no, I know better. It's not going to work day 10. And we make our own conclusions about it. Are we going to believe in the promise of God? Or are we going to believe in our circumstance? And this is the thing. It, this gap time acts like a vacuum in our life. And you know what, what a vacuum is? A, 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 vacuum, a, a vacuum waits for things to rush in and fill it. If you create a vacuum, then air rushes to fill it. In, in this gap time, it can be like a, a vacuum in your life and other things, all kind, the world, there's all kinds of other things. There's no limit to the amount of things that are waiting outside your vacuum to fill it. And, and, and sometimes we, we're so, we, don't, we have such a lack of value in ourselves that we'll let anything fill it. We're very passive sometimes. We're like, oh, here you are there. Okay. That's good enough for me. At least I'm filled. 
unless there's no gap time anymore, and we can give up, we can go back, allow the temptation to have its way. Things are waiting. We stop watering. We allow the weeds to come up. But do you know what the thing is? God wants us to fill the vacuum, the gap time with, with faith. He wants us to fill the gap time with faith. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence or other translations, the substance of things we cannot see. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I've read the Word of God. I've read the back of the grass packet. And I have, I have faith is the evidence, the assurance of things hoped for. I, I have assurance that I, I, as I believe the words in the back of the packet and I do what it says, that I'm going to see the results. Maybe not in my timing, but in the seed's timing, in God's timing, I'm going to see the results. It's the substance of things that we cannot see. We, we need to fill the gap times with with faith. And on the 10th day, the grass came up. See, this is the thing, right? For me, the harvest was always coming. It was always going to come. From the moment that seed went into the ground and I started watering, it, it was always going to come. It was just a gap time. And, and what God does in the gap time is he, it's an opportunity for us to draw near to Him, to go, God, I want to fill my life with you first. I want to fill my life with faith in you. It's in the gap time that you're tested, that you're refined, that you start to exercise muscles of faith that you never knew existed. The other day I went to play basketball at RAC Arena with a bunch of guys, and let me, I did not know how many muscles in your hand it takes to shoot a basketball. It's like this muscle, these muscles in my hand, unused, were, you know, it's in the gap time that God actually will allow us to use faith muscles that we haven't used for a while. Why? Because he wants you to grow. He wants to grow your faith. He wants to build your faith because it's only faith that can access all the good things that God has for us. Not by begging, not because I deserve it, but childlike faith. Thank you, God, for the good things that you have for me. And so the harvest is always coming. Let me tell you, the harvest is coming for you. The harvest is coming for you. Those seeds that you've been planting in faith, in God, he is not, God is not mocked, it says. It works. You sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap in the Spirit. Sow to the flesh, you're reaping the Spirit. But we've all got an opportunity. What do we sow into our future? And so what we need to do is base our, base our faith not on what we see, not on what we see, sandy backyards, but what on God says. But on what God says. Not what we see, but what God says. And we need to fill the vacuum, the substance of faith. And so... What God wants us to do is to put our faith into something solid. You know, Mel Gideon is here and her husband, um, oh, sorry, Mel Metam here and her husband Gideon. Um, Gideon has got 150,000 YouTube subscribers or something. A fair bit, a little bit less, 15. Um, no, a lot of YouTube subscribers. And he goes to that down to the south coast. He's been in the papers. He's, he's, he's famous in Albany. Um, and what he does is he hooks himself, he gets an anchor point on the side of a cliff in Albany, literally like sleeps on the edge of a cliff and fishes with the kind of fish that you can't get anywhere else. And he records it and he videos it. But he can do all that stuff because he's anchored into the rock. And so the question is, what are you anchoring your faith in? What are you anchoring your hope in? Are you anchoring your hope in your feelings? 
Because I tell you what, if I anchored my hope and my faith and my feelings, boy, I can walk into a cold laundry and feel like my life is going to end. Like, it's the end of the world. Or changing the breeze. Ah, life is good again. And then you step into some something un, unsavory. You're like, oh. It's like, we're so weak, aren't we? If we rely on our feelings all the time, my goodness. But you know what God wants us to do is anchor our hope and our faith in the solid rock of God's promises, of His Word that will never fade away. And this is what I love, a promise from God. Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 11, it says this. This is about God's promises for you and I. It says, The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. In WA, that only happens in Bluff Knoll, in the height of winter. But trust me, it does. The snow comes down to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And God says, it's the same with my word, with the seed of my promise, with what you choose to sow into your life. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It always produces fig trees. It will accomplish all I want it to do and it will prosper everywhere I send it. In Galatians 6, 7 to 9, it says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Let me tell you, God is saying, just don't give up. Keep persisting. You've got to persist until you see. And that's the third point. The second point, or that is the third point, again, is to keep on persisting till you see. God's Word always produces a harvest. Keep sowing, keep planting. And so let me tell you some practical tips. If you want financial strength in your life, sow in generosity. And we'll all have the same opportunity. to. Why are they so blessed? You know, there's a mystery. Sometimes we're not all. But you know what? If you follow the biblical principle, if you want to be financially strong, sow the seeds in generosity. If you want to be healthy, sow the seeds of a healthy diet. If you want relationship health, sow seeds of kindness consistently, encouragement, rocking up, even in a church setting or friendship circles, every, I'm rocking up. Why? I, don't, I just don't feel like I'm connected because we haven't seen you in 25 weeks. It's like if, if you're so consistently in kindness to your friends and guess what? You're going to reap a harvest of friendships in your family, in your life. You know what sometimes we do is we compare grasses as well. We go, well, I just think if I moved into the next door neighbor's house, that I'd have their green grass and then my life would be great. But do you know what? If you're not watering your lawn now, you're not going to water it. And that grass is just going to end up dead as well. They're just better at watering their lawn. They're more committed. You know those people that are just so committed to their grass being perfect? Well, it's because of what they've sown. They spent time watering their own grass. If you are looking around at all these other friendships and relationships, if they were my friend, well, do you know what? The truth is, they've only got good friendships because they've been so intentional about watering their own garden, watering their own lawn. I encourage you, water your own relationships. Water your own marriage. Water your own friendships. Water your relationships. God's positioning you where you are now. So it's not the answer isn't out there. But start to sow and water that. If you want fulfillment, let me tell you. So more time into preparing for your purpose than prioritizing your pleasure. So more time in preparing for your purpose than prioritizing 
pleasure. Pleasure is so fleeting. You need the next pleasure, the next one, the next one to stand you. But when you live a life of purpose, destiny, that Jesus said, this is my food, this is what satisfies me, to do the will of God, to live the purpose that he's created me for. If you're on spiritual health and intimacy with God, let me tell you, sow. Start sowing seeds today. Start sowing seeds, spiritual seeds, spending time with God in the Bible, in prayer, at church, getting around other passionate people that are passionate about God. You'll catch that fire and it will happen. You can start today. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen overnight. It might take you 10 days, but don't try once and then give up. You know what? You can have the kind of life that you want. It's up to the kinds of seeds that you sow today. You know, if you want a good week next week, start sowing seed now. You know, the best Mondays start on Friday. You know, sometimes we wait till Monday morning to start our weeks. It's like, no, the best Mondays start on Friday. The best 22, think of 2022 next year. What do you want 2022 to be like? Man, I've drifted from God. I want to know God. I want to know my purpose. Sow seeds of kindness, friendships, generosity. Let me tell you, God isn't mocked. You're going to reap a harvest in your life. You're going to have a beautiful, fresh green lawn. So key one, pull up the weeds, plant the seeds, and persist. Persist till you see what God is doing in Jesus' name. I want we to stand up here tonight. I just really believe that this moment tonight is, is a landmark mark for you. If I'm going to be really honest with you, I know that these last few weeks, I really had to be very intentional with myself. I just felt my, myself just all kinds of weeds, not bad, but just, just things taking the place of my hunger for God. But what I've had to do is against my own will almost, to arm wrestle my place into a position where it got, I, I, need to, I need to start sowing seeds again, spiritual seeds in my life to cultivate and choose a hunger, a spiritual hunger to be around, to develop habits of church and being connected. I just believe that God is inviting you. He's saying, will you make, take the opportunity in this moment to say, God, show me the weeds I need to pull out. And Lord God, I want to recommit my heart to sowing seeds. So why don't you just lift your hands up to him right now. Lord God, we just come to you. I thank you for every single person in this place, Lord God. I, I don't know everyone here, but you do, Jesus. Lord God, and you hate the weeds. You hate the things, Lord, that, that have sucked the life out of people, that have sucked the joy out of people, Lord God. But in Jesus' name right now, Lord God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are releasing courage in this place, Lord God, for people, Lord, that have been living for too long with weeds that look like flowers, Lord God, right now, I pray that you'd be able to give them the courage to pull out those weeds in Jesus' name, Lord God. Right now, we turn, we repent, Lord God, we change our mind and we turn away from those things. We turn to you, Lord God. And I pray that as people do in their hearts, that you send a refreshing rain of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. You said that where there's repentance, Lord God, there's an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And so I pray over every single person here, Lord God, as we make the choice before you, God, as we ask your forgiveness, Lord God, that you send a refreshing rain of your Spirit, Lord God. And Lord God, right now as well, Lord God, for those that are in the gap time, for those that are in the gap time, Lord God, we declare, Lord Jesus, that faith, we choose tonight, Lord God, to fill the gap time with faith, God. We believe in your word, Lord. We believe in your faithfulness, Lord God, to every single person 
in this place, Lord, you know, one particular thing that I felt like tonight, one particular way to believe that God spoke to me about in worship, and we're going to be singing the same words, I think. These words in the song, it says, I throw my fear into the wind. I just believe that God is saying, you, there's people here, I want some, you need to throw your fear into the wind. Your fear about the future, your fear about failure, your fear about not making it, your fear about um, whatever it might be in your life, I believe that God is saying, you, you need to throw that to the wind. It is a weed that is sucking the life out of you. So as we, so, as we sing this song, why don't you as well decide to throw it into the wind? Lord God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord Jesus, for those especially with fear in their life, God, we throw it away, Lord God. Lord, we throw it away tonight, Lord God. We throw away, Lord God, our fear of the future, Lord God. We throw away our fear, Lord, all the fears, Lord Jesus. This world, it wants us to be soaked up and saturated with fear, God. But we throw it once and for all to the wind, Lord God. We throw it to you, Lord God. As we sing this song, Lord God, we declare we put our faith in you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.